He wants us to play attractive football, wants us you know, to get the crowd on our feet. The support has been magnificent and the singing my name, but I'm happier that they're singing about the players. Will it be another Stephen Kenny love in this international window? We've got the best coverage and analysis right here on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. He's the co-host of the Red 78 podcast alongside the Ireland uh, assistant coach, Neve Briggs. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are you? Flying it. And we've been just listening to uh, the brand new uh, Women's Six Nation show as well there in, in the ads and um, plenty of coverage across the papers this morning. It's at a real uh, high profile uh, point, um, the tournament as well. And by the way, I just want to remind our audience that you can check out the Women's Six, uh, Six Nations uh, show. It's available uh, fully up on our YouTube channel. Uh, you would have heard there, Kira Griffin, Fiona Hayes on the show looking ahead to the opening round of the TikTok Women's uh, Six Nations. Gets away for Ireland obviously against Wales tomorrow and it's all in association with our friends at Vodafone uh, we all belong to the team of us but Quinny um, back to the business at hand is, there, is it almost a sense that we need to look at this as like almost a two-tiered league in the sense that England are down the road with the contracts France have the part-time bit going on Wales also have the full-time contracts but it's relatively new so it's Ireland, Italy, Scotland and uh, Wales almost in that second table is that the way to look at it do you think? Yeah it is I think um it is a bit lopsided. Um, you know, Ireland, their second match is against France and um, it's 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 a difficult challenge in round four to play England. So they're, they're the really tough games. I think they're away to, to France and England like like the men's team were. So it's, 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 it's a bit lopsided, you could say. But like the girls were saying there on the podcast, um, it has a feeling that this is a new era. Um, there's been a, a lot of change and a lot of negativity probably put to one side now and, and everyone's hopeful that um, it can be positive. I think the danger the danger for Greg McWilliams and Neve Briggs and the team and the rest of the coaching staff is maybe there's a little bit of expectation and excitement now which is great but um, they've got to temper that and be careful because um, they've had a lot of setbacks and, and psychologically you know, not going to the World Cup Italy are going, Scotland are going, Wales are going, England are going, France are going. So the teams are going to play in the Six Nations are all, all will all be kind of building towards a World Cup in, in, in September, October. So it's uh it's tough for them, but there seems to be a good feel feeling about the group and obviously the big games, as you say at the start there, France and England away, um, given the positions they're they're in and the, the continuity and the quality of player and um, the level of club games that they all play. Um, I think Wales are tricky as well. Ireland beat Wales 45-0, obviously, in last year's Six Nations. It was a brilliant start to the campaign over in Cardiff. They've 12 full-time internationals now since the start of January. So is that going to benefit them? Is it, I'm sure it's going to be a different Welsh team. And how, how do Ireland cope? But... I think Greg McWilliams, all he can focus on in in the last period of time is preparing preparing his own team. And the hope is that they get off to a good start. The challenges they have around their, their play, um, the improvements that are needed. Um, well, you know, the set piece was, was poor at times um, in that campaign in September, October. I think things improved in November against Japan and USA. Um, and so I'm sure they've been working hard to try and 
remedy and fix things. But um, the hope is that they can start well tomorrow and, and that confidence and that feel-good factor that seems to be there is generated into the performance. Is there a danger, Alan, that there's an overreaction to whatever way the Six Nations turns out for this team? Because if they win... Th- People might rush to say, well, everything's rosy in the garden again. If they start losing, people will say, well, has anything changed? And in reality, for anything to change, it's going to take a whole period of time that any of the recommendations from the report surely have barely been implemented, let alone actually seen their effects in action over the last little while. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point, on, And uh, there is a danger of that if if, if Ireland um, get off to a really good start, that maybe they'll get, you know, everybody will get excited and ahead of themselves. I think... The important thing for Ireland, it's a home game and their desire should be to win this game. They should be able to deal with that pressure and the pressure that Wales will bring. You know, they'll be very, very determined to try and get a good start themselves. And and as I said, you know, they're 12 of those. The Welsh girls have been training full time since January. Um, they've been backed by the Welsh Rugby Union. Who knows? Is that the right thing or the wrong thing? They have some other part time players. Uh, some of the part, part-time contracts as well. Um, yeah, and I think, there, look, there has to be some patience here because the structures that came out in the report and the changes that that have now been agreed, which uh, both sides seem seem happy to draw a line in the sand and move forward and, and the improvements around, you know, the analysis. And I think that's one of the, probably the key areas for, for any player and in my own experience being able to get that feedback and that one-on-one video analysis, uh, player cam, individuals, all that kind of stuff and and have proper people involved that can take the girls to one side and and show them examples of how certain situations should work and and how maybe they've made mistakes in it. um, So they're kind of starting from scratch a little bit with some some of the girls and they're relatively inexperienced on. I think that's there's some experience in this side, but there's there's a lot of inexperience. You know, if you go through the squad, there's, you know, I think Emer Constantine has has the most caps at 23, but, you know, there's a lot of five, six cap players in that squad. Um, there's certainly a lot of good, exciting players, but um, it's about just tempering that expectation and, and not expecting a lot, I, I suppose, of course, you can have expectation of yourselves, but I think there's, the reaction either way should be should be one of patience because there is absolutely no doubt with the structures that are now in place with Greg McWilliams, who um, is a very good appointment. I think Neve Briggs going in there as well. Um, I heard Dorothy Wall speaking about you know her impact in the squad and these girls getting the right game time with their clubs. Um, obviously. It would be one of the goals is to improve the domestic league and have it more competitive because obviously the more games you play, the better you get. So a lot of these girls are still learning. They're relatively inexperienced. Um, so we should really be looking to the future and, and, you know, in 12 months time or it's it's this cycle now between now and the next World Cup, really, that you hope to see improvement on a continuous basis. I'm sure there'll be plenty of ups and downs. And you know, when you play France and England, you're always on the back foot and, and you're kind of limiting and minimizing the damage when you play against those sides because they're so organized, so strong, powerful. But um, let's hope to get off to a good start. There's a lot of excitement here. Um, I think there's a lot of coverage being giving, given to the 
to the women's game and the build-up. Um, it's great that the girls are getting that exposure and, you know, they're doing media stuff and they're doing interviews and um, the game is live on t- TV tomorrow. And I think people are people want to get behind the team now and a lot more people will will be conscious of that and try and support the girls. Yeah, and three from five, I think, is what we're saying is the... Uh, that's the yeah, goal. I think, so. Like that's, that's... I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They should, you know... T- <laughs> Dare I say, tomorrow is, is 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 so important that they get off to a good start because the second game, they're away to France, which is obviously a tall order. Um, then at home to Italy. So if you can get two good results there against Wales and Italy, um, which is very achievable, then you're, you're heading to England in that fourth one and you've got Scotland at home. And um, there'll have to be a little bit of a, even though it won't make any difference to the World Cup, but that last game against Scotland... Um, that will spur the girls on to try and try and get a result there. So yeah, the goal would be, and I, I suppose internally they will um, they will have and realistically looked at that situation, said three from five would be a, a brilliant result, and how competitive you can be against France and England then is is the next step. Yeah, and the the wider conversation about what needs to be done about that lopsided nature of the tournament was a conversation for another day. Um, you'd, yourself and Eve had Graham Roundtree on the Red 78 podcast this week Quinny and there's plenty of chat about him and he addressed fairly front on to be fair to him the uh, situation around the ongoing and prolonged as he would put it nature of the appointment of the new head coach no word on it just yet but he's getting the gig isn't he? Um, I don't know genuinely um, I've been trying to uh, trying to, to, to it's been kept very 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 tight the whole situation, which is probably a good thing. It's not a good thing for the fans because they want to know and uh, people trying to find out in the media and get getting a little bit of info. But look, um, it's been a it's been a pretty long process. Um, it's the first of April next week, and you know Johan van Gran announced in the middle of December that that he was he was leaving. So it's been a little bit frustrating for people, um, but. <laughs> I suppose there's there's different reasons and factors around that. What um, what are they, Quinny? Is it is it is it a case that they just want to leave it because they don't want the noise around it and they just want to get on with the season, or is it a case that they're still looking for the right person? I I think there was obviously a period of time that um, you know they 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 put it out there and people applied and um, to get the to get people together and 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 look at those the merits of each into each candidate. I think um, has taken a bit of time would indicate that there's probably some good candidates there I think and then you have a situation which is um, you know you're appointing you're possibly appointing within and the merits of Graham Rountree um, and maybe the continuity that he can bring so there's been a number of factors I think um, obviously the RFU and David Nusifora would be would have been heavily involved in that um, and Six Nations maybe even though people probably wonder why but maybe that that was probably decided that they're going to give it a bit of time not rush into this decision um, and I think you know that that's probably the reason I think Munster fans would have loved to have known about this in January and and um, in, 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 I think it's it's not great for the players either I think you know they're coming into a pivotal part of the season and I think the squad probably need to know um, the talk and the, what I'm hearing is it's very, very close to being announced. Um, we may hear something next week. Who knows? And to be honest, for anyone listening, 
you know, there was no conversation with Graham Rowntree and myself before we he came onto the podcast about, well, I've got the gig, but we can't talk about it because that's, you know, politically I can't do that. Um, and me saying to him, oh, Grand Graham, that's great. Mm. I won't say anything either. It, there was none of that. He was genuinely in the dark still. He interviewed a number of weeks, as did a number number of candidates. Um, is he the right the person is, for the job then, Quinny? Is that the other yeah, way? I, I, I think, and I've said this from the start, and I, I probably believe it more and more. And maybe I'll, I'll, you know, have to backtrack in this and react to if somebody else is announced. But I think the important part here for me is if somebody comes else comes in now and is announced, um, they obviously don't go near this squad until pre-season. If there was a new candidate came in, someone out of the blue who hasn't been here, so they started the pre-season then in end of June started July with it could be even the end of end of July because I think it depends on how far uh, Munster will go in the URC playoffs because um, they run up to the I think the 18th of June that weekend um, players that have four weeks off so you effectively send the end of July and then it's a very short period for a new head coach to come in and start to get to know people um, know people people's habits uh, the characters, the the different guys who who, you know, Graham would know. And I think the longer it's gone on, the more I think having that bit of continuity it would would benefit the squad. Mm. He he obviously has has have had to interview well and present his plan and his I won't say the philosophy, but just what where he sees the club going. Um, uh, individual players who he thinks can can get up to the next level and take the game forward. Um, they've signed well with 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 Fekatoa. He's a very exciting si- signing. They've been incredibly unlucky with RG Snyman. Everybody knows about that. He, he's he's a, he's a game changer and someone can just lift the whole group uh, with, with his performances and and what we've seen from South Africa. We haven't seen it from Munster, obviously, but. Um, you know, if they can get to a point where um, that bit of continuity is kept, and then you have to look at Adrian, assistant coaches. Who were the assistant coaches coming in? And they're the ones that, in my job, my opinion, need to be the ones that can improve the squad, improve the young players, um, skill wise, uh, develop um, the, the game plan, particularly the the expansive style that. Every team needs to have it in the locker. Now you're not going to win trophies unless you can can attack and score tries, um, and you know from improve the forwards as well. So I think the overall package, and we've seen there's a template there with the Irish squad. The way they've kind of turned the corner and their accuracy is so much better. And uh, small little intricate things like the time the ball is in the air when you're 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 trying to you know spread it wide. Um, breaking down defences, all that kind of stuff. And, the, and you know, the players have, have learned a lot, I think, in the last while of what not to do and what you should do in certain situations, particularly under pressure. Mm. And in South Africa, you saw a situation where the team were 21-10 up. Um, they could have been, I think it was, uh, you know, if they defended better, it, it would have been 21-0. Um, they score a four try in the second half, um, which is brought back for a forward pass, which was uh, minimal, I think, and could have easily been given. And suddenly you're losing the game. Unfortunately, those kind of experiences that you get are, are, are negative ones, but you can take stuff from that as well about game management. And I think 
you know, so there's still a side and still a lot of those young players need to understand a little bit more about game management. But there's a fair bit of optimism there about some of these players. One of, one of the things I asked him, which is, I think, um, just for the listeners to, to, to understand is, maybe some will say, why, do you, why would this be a goal? But when, when I played with Munster, one of the goals that you do at the start of the season, and it's just, I, I guarantee it's the same in the other provinces, is to get more players on the Irish team. So if you have more players on the national side, like Leinster have the mass, vast majority of them, well then you're exposing those players and they're playing, they're showing their quality, they're showing their level. Um, they're now international quality. And the more international quality players you have in the group, the better the standards, the better the player and, and, and the better the results. So it has to be a goal. And I asked him about that, you know, um, and I, I, I think I look at across as, as a number of, of the, the younger monster players and they have that potential to get up to that level. So um, there's a lot to do, I think, um, but there's certainly an excitement there. Um, and from a fan's point of view, I think there's a frustration. Um, and it's probably just my own opinion. If monster don't win a trophy this year, this year, um, it's another year without one, for sure, and it's frustrating. But how do they exit these competitions? You know, whether it's be URC semi-final, quarter-final, semi-final, final, or you know, quarter-final, semi-final, final of Europe. It's how they go out um, and how they play in those games. And we've probably seen a couple of times in the last number of years, Munster just going out. It's it's a negative when you lose, obviously, mm. but it's the it's the way you play when you go out. And they've kind of that's that they're stained a little bit by some of those exits in the last couple of years, because no nobody has a divine right, and I think they're still a little bit off from actually you putting them down as favourites for URC or favourites for Europe. It's just that's not realistic at the moment. But they should be a team that, you know, if you meet them in a semi final or final, that you're pretty wary of them and uh, they're going to test you and stuff. So there's the, what I'm saying is there's a bit more development in the, these players, but there's, there's an excitement there. There's yeah. a, with their potential. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see what happens on that front, and obviously at the director rugby side as well. I'm sure there'll be interesting developments around that. Uh, we've Connick Leinster obviously tomorrow at the sports ground. And one thing that we wanted to ask you before we let you wave, but a minute and a half here, Quinny, on the Eddie Jones stuff and the uh, RFU. I don't know if you've seen this, but the RFU have been out. I don't know really what they've said. They've kind of said he's not bulletproof, but we're not sacking him. Uh, and uh, you know, depending on our results, obviously go in November and next year Six Nations. They're almost in too deep now. Are they to get rid of him? Well, yeah, possibly. I think there's, there's obviously, um, they've obviously backed him and said, look, it's too late now to change. And I'm sure if they're sitting around the table and saying, well, will we or won't we? They, someone has, has, has convinced the, the, the doubters in the room that look what he did at the last World Cup. Um, but I just don't think it's good enough. England, um, where they finished in the Six Nations, fifth last year, third this year, could have been fifth again. Um, the mitigation is he's missing a, a few players Owen Farrell is, is a tremendous loss to them Tuolangi Johnny May um, Watson these kind of players um, can you rely on Tuolangi though going forward you just mm-hmm. don't know what the injury profile he's had but I think Owen Farrell has been a, a big loss to him and he's brought through some young players but um, will they have that patience going forward I think there's a summer tour to Australia for them how that turns out and 
I don't think it's ever too late to you you are in an ideal situation you don't want to be uh, you know this far you know it's 15 or 16 months out from World Cup you don't want to be changing that but look at South Africa a couple of years ago when they made that change with Rassi and he brought him on to win a World Cup it's late in the day but I think at this stage they've probably decided in whatever meeting that look let him bring him forward unless there's disastrous results in Australia or the November internationals um, I think he'd be leading England to World Cup and dare I say it uh, <laughs> He, he may pull a rabbit out of a hat and get them right. And, and, and I think come the World Cup, they'll still be a, a serious contender. Yeah, dare you say it. Quinny, thanks, William. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Man, thanks, Alan Quinlan there. And you can check out more of his thoughts on Neve Briggs and in conversation this week with Graham Roundtree. Well worth checking out if you just punch in the Red 78 into any of your uh, podcast apps. You're going to pick that up and uh, enjoy it. No end. Right. It is 8.35 with plenty of uh, comments coming in about Owens, GA. I was going to call her an explainer there. It was an explainer. Um, it was a clear, concise explainer. Generally, you expect like the explainer that at the end of that, you're going to feel much more enlightened about the topic at hand. Well, I'm sure all of our uh, lovely listeners and viewers have uh, much more of a capability to comprehend the simple than you do. Well, uh, that's a totally reasonable point. I have no objection to that at all. Um, what have we got here? A bum, ba bum, ba bum. Bose that's a and, long that's a I'm long trying gap. to read the name Bose and something Ang David on YouTube folks I've decided to take past level GA combinations in the leaving cert uh, Dennis Ryan says possibly Owen Shehan's finest moment on OTB move over Darren Farrell it's a very nice thing how to do say, you feel so? about that yeah that's a nice thing to say um, I expected Cavan to cruise through division 4 their form could be better says Cavan lad yeah he's not wrong they're down there with that dross. No more than Westmeath in Division Four. Cavan have no business. Division Three. Cavan have no business down there, <laughs> do they? Uh, uh, no, I don't think they do. I, I think that they've possibly been playing down to the opponents, but the results haven't exactly been mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've not been great. Uh, Dio Shocknessy, superb work on the head is completely wrecked. No work today. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I definitely have. I felt like I've used up my all my brain power now, and at a uh, thirty-seven, I've got nothing left to give. <laughs> John McMorrow by the way the rugby is wondering is it not surprising that Parsons is starting on the bench absolutely and I think that it does come back to Greg McWilliams has made some big calls obviously uh, before when the squad was even named with the absence of uh, Clean Maloney and obviously his debut at nine now tomorrow and Parsons not, not been uh, not been included so absolutely yeah, it's, it's somewhat surprising um, and we will see. And like when the chips fall, I mean, I think everybody would expect that we would beat Wales tomorrow on the basis of what happened last year. Obviously, they are a team that are coming on the basis of the contract they've given out. That probably won't be, we won't see the evidence of all of that just yet. Um, but it is possible that Wales will end up joining that, that group that are ahead now, England and France, um, over the next few years. And I know that Fiona Hayes and everybody's talking about pushing the report to one side. I just there's a nagging feeling at me that pushing the report to one side in the long term is not really what's. Uh, what's I, I, that's not what they're suggesting, I guess. I guess it's just for you know, in, in the context of being a player this weekend and all that, you know, you got to put all that stuff to to one side, as she says, and 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 focus on the game. But as a rugby union, you'd like to think that that's not that's not what is going to happen. Uh, Wales will be a very interesting one though, because I think maybe there's been an acceptance that England and France are just more populated, richer countries with uh, better funded uh, rugby union. Uh, <sighs> But yeah, if Wales, not that, are you? and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying I'm having it, but if Wales start to make yeah. similar strides on Ireland, then all it makes a show of Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. 
OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.